Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. July, uh, each new time I thought doing this would be a little less terrifying. And I also thought that uh, teaching in front of middle schoolers and having spitballs thrown at me for the first time ever would, uh, would prepare me for it to be a little less terrifying, but, but it's not a chance. So anything that, anything that goes well today is from the spirit. And anything that doesn't, it is my fault, and I apologize. Okay. I, uh, I'm uh, just so glad to be here uh, with all of you. It's, all, it's just it's so great to be in an intimate setting like this, outside, and it just in God's creation in a park, and, and uh, just to start off worshiping is is so great, and it, it's so so needed. Uh, today, I, I am blessed with the uh, opportunity to to share a lesson on prayer. And uh, it would only be right that, that we start with a prayer. Right. So uh, please, please bow with me. Father in heaven, God, you are so awesome. Uh, you're so great. Uh, you're so mighty. God, we are not worthy to be able to be here and worship you. But Jesus, because of you, you made the way and tore the veil and gave us an opportunity to be in communion, God, with you. Uh, in places like this, and, and uh, we could be in communion with you, God, wherever, God. It's so great to be able to pray to you and know that, that you are right here with us, uh, guiding us and, and listening to us. Uh, God, I pray that you will be with us here today uh, with this lesson. Uh, bless us with open hearts and, and a focus uh, to be able to take something uh, home with us this week and, and apply it. Uh, God, I pray uh, that you are with me and guiding me with your spirit so that Everything that comes out today is from you and not from me. And please help it to be clear and concise as well. We love you and pray all this according to Jesus' will. Amen. Amen. Let's go, Spencer. Let's go, Spence. So three things that I hope that we all leave with today. First, posture matters in prayer. Amen. Next, we need to allow the Spirit to intercede while in prayer, and finally, but not least, we need to use the Bible to help us to pray. Amen. Before we dig into the lesson, um, I, I, uh, I found a, a great quote uh, from, from one of the, the fathers of, of, of spiritual discipline, uh, Dallas Willard, um, and, and that is the, our focus uh, in... Uh, thanks, Sharon. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, That is the focus of uh, our series that, that we have been going on, started with Darren a couple of weeks ago, and then we will continue on uh, throughout this month. Um, and, and I think that this this quote here um, helps us to, to have an appropriate mindset as, in regards to prayer as well. And it says, The path to spiritual growth in the riches of Christ is not a passive one. Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Wow. Effort is action. Earning is attitude. Amen. Right. 
one thought that God has placed on my heart in regards to this quote is that the effort is in denying ourselves and giving up our will to align with God's will. Okay. And so it is the same in prayer. Now, in preparing this study, I, I, a couple of thoughts were placed on my heart about what prayer is not. Okay. And first and foremost, it is not a cosmic, whimsical wishing well. Okay. That's true. And second, it shouldn't be viewed as our chance to change God's will. Okay, bro. Okay. Now, this is wow. different than, than God granting us his mercy and us, and us asking for that mercy. And, and what it is in regards to is, it, like I said, is in regards to our posture. And posture is so important in regards to everything in our relationship with God and especially in prayer. Okay. Posture matters. The, the appropriate posture before God allows the Spirit to intercede in our prayers, and it shows our faith in God's will through going to His Word. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and by their body language, it is absolutely clear that they do not want any part of this conversation. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Right. Right. They are, they are kind of pointing away from you. They are looking away. They are consistently nodding in agreement in places that they're not supposed okay, to. Yeah, yeah. Like it is clear that they, they want nothing to do with this conversation. You could even say to them, yeah, and I think you're ugly. And they would say, yeah, uh-huh. Uh -huh. And, uh, and, and you know, just by their posture, where their heart is in, in the conversation. Okay. Like I shared with you uh, just before, just now, and some of you know, is that I am a new uh, middle school teacher. Uh, this week, this last week was my first week. Yeah, you know about that. Uh, this last week was my first week. And, and then in preparing uh, for this lesson, I couldn't help but reflect on... Um, my life and, and my posture as a, as a middle schooler and um, I, I definitely got in trouble a, a good amount okay. and uh, and one of the things that I was thinking about is um, when I, when teachers would call home my posture and, and how I would respond to my parents when they would approach me with the call from home would directly reflect my punishment okay now if wow. my posture was that I was in denial I was blaming it on some other kid or oftentimes blaming it on the teacher right right right, right. right. my punishment would be a lot different than if I just sat there and took the words yeah. of wisdom from my parents and admitted that I was wrong and and said that I was willing to to work harder to do better next time yeah, right. okay. yeah so, so so posture matters and, and our posture yeah. shows shows our heart yeah and so, with your with with posture in in regards to prayer, I have a question. And next slide, Uncle Jerry. <laughs> My question is: What is your faith in? Is is your faith in God's will? I'm going to read from Matthew twenty one twenty two uh, in the ESV, and it's, it is a popular verse on prayer. And I'm going to challenge maybe some common thoughts about this verse. Okay, so so hang with me here. Okay, Spencer, we're with you. We're with you. It says in Matthew 21, 22 in the ESV, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Okay. Now, 
What that faith is in is what matters. Do you have, it's not a faith in God's willingness to change his will, but it is a faith in God's will. And that's what matters. And there is absolutely a difference. Yeah. Now, I hope today that this lesson will challenge us to take a mindset of praying with a faith in God's will rather than a faith in our own will. One important thought that I want to think about in regards to our brains and to align how our brains are flesh. And what does the Bible say in regards to our flesh and our brains? Next one, Jeremy. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and beyond cure, who can understand it? Yeah. So now in the time of, of Jeremiah in, in ancient Israel, the heart is what was understood to be not only the feeling part of our being, but also the thinking part of our being. Right? And so what we consider that today is our brains. So I'm going to replace brain for heart here, which is appropriate. The brain is deceitful above all things. Come on, bro. Yeah. Okay. All right. And beyond cure, who can understand it? And now in Matthew 26, 41, speaking specifically about flesh, our brains are a part of the flesh. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is is weak and so what the bible is telling us here is that our brains are deceitful and weak yeah yeah so then prayer coming from our brains and staying from our brains is flesh and if it stays in our brains in its entirety through our prayer we are missing the transformative power of prayer wow talking about Part of having an appropriate posture in prayer is to deny our flesh and, a, and align with God's will in prayer. As we continue here, I want to attempt to answer this question. How do we align with God's will in prayer? And I will give two ways. One way to align with God's will in prayer is to allow the Spirit to intercede for us. In Romans 8.26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. We do not know what we ought to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Now, my first question I have for all of you is, do you leave room for the Spirit to intercede in your prayers? Or are your prayers just you talking from your own understanding? One way I want to challenge us to do this is to be still, be quiet and breathe prior to and during prayer. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody who just talks and talks 
and talks and talks and talks and talks and there is no space, there's no room to get a word in, right? Right? We've all been there, okay? So if we are just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, there is no space for the Spirit to get in there, Okay. Wow. right? So if our prayers are just us talking and we leave no room, then the Spirit cannot intercede. Okay, there are a ton of scriptures, so many that I couldn't even put them all on this list, that talk about us being still and being quiet. Okay. I'm just gonna list a few. Okay. And I would challenge us to go into it in our own time this week and dig in and find scripture that tells us to do this. But here are some. Psalm 46.10, Exodus 14.14. 14. Psalm 37, 7, Psalm 62, 5, Isaiah 30, 15, Psalm 131, 2, Job 6, 20, 24, Isaiah 32, 17. An interesting note on this. In Hebrew, the word for spirit is ruach. Ruach. It also means breath or breathe. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So right now I want all of us uh -oh. to take part in three deep meditative breaths and really focus on the out breath first. Okay. And then you can actually feel and hear yourself saying that word. So go ahead. Three times. So let's add that in with our prayers prior to and constantly. And that is us, a part of us, connecting to the Spirit in our prayers. God wants us to be still and to breathe before and during prayer so that He can intercede. Next slide, please, Uncle Jerry. Now for the, my final point, reading the Bible is the best way to get help on how to and what to pray. Okay. Yeah, okay. We are going to be in Daniel 9, and I will read 1 through 19. But first, I'm going to give you an overview of the history of where we're at in the Bible and the history of Daniel. Daniel by the way, not that any of you care, is my second favorite character in the Bible outside of Jesus. Wow. Uh, okay. I care. I care, bro. Daniel is one of the best examples of a spiritually disciplined person in the Bible. He knew the word of God and he followed it. And we see this by how he was unwavered by the worldly temptation to break, to break Old Testament law and take part in a worldly feast with the king. He prayed in response to the scriptures, and we will talk about this in a second. He stood strong in his convictions against temptations to denounce his faith. He stood strong against persecution, and he was constant and effective in prayer, no matter what was going on around him. We will look at shortly why Daniel was so effective in prayer. Daniel also was in the Hebrew royal line of David. 
He was renowned over multiple kingdoms during the Babylonian exile for his wisdom. He was found to be ten times wiser than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole Babylonian kingdom. He was an interpreter of dreams, one of the most righteous men ever to live, so faithful to God that even the nastiest and worldliest and most evil of kings in the history of the world acknowledged our God because of him. He was so well respected that over four different kings, he was one of the highest government officials. And his ministry spans the entirety of the 70-year captivity in Babylon. And oh yeah, Daniel survived a night in the lion's den. And he was most likely 80 years old when that happened. So... As we take part in Daniel chapter 9, we are taking place in the first year of Darius. And Darius, according to theologians, was a title taken by rulers in the Medo-Persian Empire. And since Darius was son of Xerxes, he could claim both Mede and Persian descent and be accepted to rule over both groups of people. And so we are in the Babylonian territory after Babylon fell and was taken over by the Medo-Persian Empire in Daniel chapter 5. And chapter 9's prayer was in the same year of the lion's den. Okay. Now, Daniel 9 is not famous for this prayer. Daniel 9 is famous for the prophecy about Jesus. I feel that this prayer should be a lot more popular and the fact that the prayer came first and the posture of the prayer and the way that he prayed absolutely had to deal with what came next. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dig in. Let's see how Daniel used the Bible to pray. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes." pause there. So I want to take a look at his posture first. The the fasting and sackcloth and ashes was an Old Testament call to show your posture and how serious you were, were in prayer. So he was absolutely having an appropriate posture according to the scripture. He, and I also really want to point out here, because he understood the scripture and he understood Jeremiah, that is what led him to pray, right? And so for us, what is important to take from this is that when we read the Bible, the Bible should lead us to pray. And we should go to the Bible to lead us to pray and what to pray about. Not just how to pray, but to use these examples as well as to the style of prayer 
and praise. He confesses. He reminds God of his mercy. He confesses with humility and he begs for mercy. He exalts God with reverence and understanding for God's great and awesome majesty. He confesses and begs for mercy. He uses the Bible. He references the Bible. He exalts God. He petitions God from the Bible with posture and he pleads for God's will to be done. And so I'm going to read the rest of the prayer here. Four through nineteen. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked, wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commandments. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke your name to our kings, our princes and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land, Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you, we and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame. Lord, because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of the disasters that come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. 
And so I want to challenge us this week to spend the entire week, at least once a day, matching up prayer to Daniel's prayer. And if the Spirit inspires you to use another prayer in the Bible, amen. But match a prayer a day in style, in flow, in, in what it's praying about, and match it to us here and now and in your life. And before I leave us today, and, and Jaron will, will come up and, and share communion, I have come up with a, a prayer for the Kalamazoo Church that, that I feel matches the style and this flow and this posture. And so it is an outline of a prayer, but it also is a prayer in and of itself. <clears throat> we know that God is awesome and mighty and powerful and omnipresent and is working here and working through us for his will to be done. We know that we have been falling short here, spending too much time worrying about ourselves and entertaining ourselves, and have not been serious, as serious as we can about our sin. We know that God is merciful and he forgives and will help us to do better going forward. We know that God's harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. We know that God wants us to hear, wants us here to make disciples. We know that we will produce fruit in keeping with repentance. We know that God's will is for his kingdom to grow and for it to happen here in Kalamazoo. And we plead, we plead to you, God, for your will to be done here in Kalamazoo. God, please help us fight our sin and align with your will and allow us to be a part of growing your kingdom here. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Save us souls.